Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. Ingrid here, along with the wonderful and beautiful and talented Karen Ooh. and Katie. Oh, oh, hello. You guys never hey. introduced me that way, by the way. Uh, next week we will. Next, next week. Next time. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, so do you guys ha- ever have those moments where you discover something and you're like, how have I lived this long without having this in my life? Yes. Okay. So I had one of those moments last week and it's because of you guys. Oh, really? Yes. Well, (laughs) speaking of which, um, so for our listeners, um, you might want to go back and listen to episode 35, um, because Ingrid talks about how she and her husband had a little mix up with their loofahs in the shower and he was maybe using her loofah, which was not okay. Anyway, during that episode, I'm like, I've never had a loofah. I don't understand what a loofah is all about. I just don't get it. So fast forward, oh. and Ingrid buys Katie and I loofahs as a gift recently, which was very sweet. Big um, spender, Ingrid, over there. Yeah. <laughs> 99 cents. 99 cent rack. <laughs> it's funny because I got home and I was like, oh, so bad Ingrid spent money on this. Now that I know it was only 99 cents, I don't feel as bad. But um, I was like, you know, I'm just never going to use this. This is such a silly thing. So then the other day, I'm like, you know, she already bought it for me. She spent the money. Like, maybe I should just give it a go. Everybody talks about these. You guys. <laughs> it was, like, I'm not going to say life-changing, but it was such a better shower. It was like Hold up. at the spa. It was Wait. so amazing. Hold up. What were you using before a loofah? Remind me, just a washcloth? Nothing? Uh-huh. Just, just my hands. Just nothing. <laughs> I, I wish, if you're listening right now, I wish you could see Ingrid and I's faces because <laughs> it's like, I, so, you know, loofah is not really like that new or modern of an invention. You do realize this. I know that, but I'm just saying time. like, you know, sometimes you discover something in your mm, late thirties, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that you just didn't realize you needed your whole life. Yeah. Do you know what I love about you, Karen, is that you are so easy to please. Just like, <laughs> just a loofah does it for you. Wait a minute, you guys. I'm just Googling this here. It says okay. um, the loofah is from a loofah gourd, which was brought to North America over 9,000 years ago. Oh. So you're a little behind. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just have to say, I in, in my head, I just didn't really get why it was necessary. But it does. It's just very, um, it just makes you feel good. 
Yeah. It it's just like, like well, really ups yeah. the shower level like a lot. It was it, now I like <laughs> look forward to taking a shower in the mornings. Good, Karen. I'm happy. Anyway, so I'm I just you thank it. you guys for opening you're welcome. my eyes to another oh, yeah, wonderful man, you're welcome. thing. What a, I'm, can't, I'm gonna like a hairbrush next week. I'm gonna introduce you to a hairbrush and see, <laughs> and see how that goes. <laughs> um, funny you should mention that because last night as I was trying to get Henry to go to bed, he wanted me to lay down next to him, and he's like got his hands in my hair and he goes, "Mom, do you think you're gonna brush your hair anytime? Because there's a lot of tangles in here. I oh. a lot of tangles." <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy, when you're when your uh, four-year-old tells you it's time to brush your hair, I guess yeah. it's time to brush your hair. Don't worry, Henry. Mama's going to have a hairbrush in just a couple of days. Yeah, we'll, we'll work you. on it. Anyway. From the news desk. This article is from U.S. News and World Report. A pediatric group calls for children to return to schools despite the coronavirus. So basically the American Academy of Pediatrics says open schools it's worth the risks mm-hmm. even even during a global pandemic it is worth the risks and once you get into this article and maybe maybe you know this information already or not but um it it lists out the reasons why it's really really damaging to children in many cases to stay at home for a lengthy period of time and the reasons they list social isolation Physical and sexual abuse is mm-hmm. way up. Depression and even suicide. And there's also impacts. We've talked about this as well on food security and physical activities for kids. So it's, it's not as much of, oh, well, they're not going to be around their friends. And I'm worried about some social, socialization and that sort of things, which are also valid. But, I mean, we're talking about some really serious harmful effects to these kids that they're going to stay home for a lengthy period of time, which we've already seen in spring. So this uh, American Academy of Pediatrics says, you know, please open the schools and it's worth taking a risk. You know, is it? I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's worth noting we're, of course, in North Carolina, um, which is currently the state is a hot spot right now for coronavirus. Um, and the governor was supposed to announce today, today uh, being the day, of course, we're recording. So things could be different by the time you listen to this. But he was to announce today what the plan was or is for the fall and, and students. And he has delayed that um, because I think it's such a conundrum, especially as, as I mentioned, coronavirus cases surge here in North Carolina and really across the South. Um, so there's, this is uh, this, uh, you mentioned this Ingrid already, this is very topical. And I think it's, uh, you know, I don't, I think it's a really an interesting topic and I'm not really sure what, 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 how, how to think about it. I'm actually surprised, um, that the Academy of Pediatrics has come out with this because I just read a story today on the news, um, a different study saying that now kids are bigger carriers than what we originally thought, which sort of is the opposite of what this article is saying, which of course leads me to think that like we still, we just really don't know what COVID-19 is or what it will become. Yeah, I have to agree with this article wholeheartedly. Um, as this continues to drag on and as you have mentioned, Katie, like we just don't know exactly yeah. what the risk is, but I do think, I think there's a lot of weight in what this article is saying that these kids need this. I mean, and I see it so much in my kids. They need, they every day say how much they miss school. And this is just preschool. They're little. But I just can't even imagine for those older kids. Um, you know, and the other thing is once – 
if, if they're still at home, obviously it puts a burden on working parents, but I just, I just feel that there's so many different aspects and Ingrid kind of went through a lot of them that I hadn't even thought of that this article mentioned. But I, I just think that for me personally, watching my little kids, they have got to go back to school. They just, they need that. And there's a reason why schools exist. You know, there's a reason, reason why this is, this is how we run. Um, the, the, a couple things in this article that really, I just hadn't, didn't know, wasn't, wasn't, um, in tune with the budget cuts that they're mm-hmm. talking about for schools and the fact that 700,000 teachers across the country could lose their jobs because of the economy. I mean, you know, this article mentioned what, what if schools can never reopen? What if, what if this is too hard of a hit for them to take, which was, mind-blowing to me I, I I just had no idea that it uh, you know I mean I guess it makes sense but I just hadn't made the connection between our economy and the fact that um you know schools would suffer because of this so I, it's 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 a really so tough a, one a couple other things is this article list that um kids if they do stay home will it'll be the most impact on poor students and students of color which is a theme amongst this entire pandemic I feel like And also they list a couple of recommendations that are different, I believe, than what the CDC maybe has said prior, but they're talking about a a three foot um, Mm -hmm. distance apart from children from one another instead of six feet, which um, maybe because they're thinking that's more, that's possible. I mean, six feet is really far. You could have what, like four kids in like a small classroom. you know, and there's also recommendations, obviously, for for preschool kids versus high school kids. All of that's going to be different. Um, so go to this article if you want to look more in detail on that. But also what's so unsettling for parents, I feel like all of these things are changing. Yeah. You know, like you're telling me one thing is safe one month and then the next month it's not safe. And then you go back on it and you say it is safe. And then you say, oh, kids under two don't need to wear a mask. Well, now kids under 11 don't need to wear a mask. Like, I just don't, you know, and then it's, okay, just do what's comfortable for you. Okay, easier said than done. We still need some guidance. I don't have the education background to make these decisions for my family, really. I don't know what this virus can do. You know, every state has a different law. Every county has different rules. It's just exhausting. Yeah, and I just, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I am with you, Ingrid. I'm not really sure what to think or what to believe at this point. But I do think, what about teachers who are over, you know, at risk? If you're a cancer survivor, if you have a compromised immune system, if you're over the age of 50, what about cafeteria workers? I mean, is it worth the risk for them? What about if you're a parent um, that is more susceptible to the coronavirus? Like, I don't think it's as easy as just saying, hey, we got to get these kids back to school because of, you know, the the risk to X, Y, Z. It's just it's such a complicated decision. And I think that's one of the reasons why the governor here in North Carolina has delayed this decision, because who knows what the world is going to look like in literally in six weeks, which is kind of a crazy thought because it's not that far away. But I think things could really change. I think our research could change. And I also think the number of cases could change in that amount of time for the good or the bad. Well, what if they offer parents an option? They say you, you can either do social distancing, um, you know, at home with your kids and, and you're the educator stay-at-home mom, basically, um, or you can send your kids back part-time. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know. I think that's what a lot of school systems are doing. I've heard in other areas really? they're giving that yeah. choice, like, or you can do like two days on, two days virtual, you right. know, like <clears throat> whatever you that. feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I'd be interested to talk to a teacher or a school system because how difficult is that to accommodate kids who are in school? And then are you accommodating kids virtually as well? What's the workload right. like? Mm-hmm. How does you that can't do work? it at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's really, it, I am, I know Ingrid, you and I were messaging back and forth during the show this morning just about, hey, like, when do you think the governor is going to make this decision? Because I think a lot of parents were anticipating knowing more today. It's July 1st as we're recording this. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, the other thing is obviously none of us have uh, older kids in, you know, later elementary school, middle school, high school. But I mean, for me, even thinking about Ella Rae starting kindergarten, I mean, she's not going to sit there and do Zoom classes and learn anything, you know, like, like virtual learning for a five-year-old is pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like the point of kindergarten is to play with other kids and to start to develop those social skills and to, yes, learn some things about listening to a teacher. But, you know, I just feel like at that age, it's just especially difficult to do anything virtually. Um, So, and then you hate to even, it's already, like Katie mentioned, such a complicated thing to figure out, but then to break it down by grade levels in different age groups is even tougher. So I don't envy the school systems right now trying to sort through all this. Yeah. I have noted this will be a topic that will come up again in this podcast as we know more because it really impacts it everybody. impacts almost everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have a school-aged kid, I think it it probably impacts you in terms of what are you going to do about daycare? What are you going to do about preschool? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And Anchor Moms is brought to you by Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort. Get out of the house and into the wilderness. Okay, let's change gears here to something really superficial that doesn't matter. Because, I mean, you know, during a pandemic, you have these small, like, things that you're grasping on that that give you some small amount of, exactly, (laughs) some small amount of joy. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I am the fairest of them all. (laughs) My, my, My skin is the fairest of the three anchor moms here. Um, I'm, you know, I have strawberry blonde hair. I've got the freckles, the whole thing. So my entire life, I've just been very pale and during summer, I want a little bit of a glow. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm totally against tanning beds. I don't sit in the sun. I wear sunscreen all the time. So what do I do? I wear some sunless tanner. Anyways, this year I found my new favorite sunless tanner that has been around for a while. Um, but I'm just kind of cheap and I always get like the CVS brand sunless tanner. Mm -hmm. So I, I upped, upped it this year and it's 18 to $42, depending on what size of a bottle you get. Mm. It's called St. Tropez. I believe is how Mm. you say it. T-R-O-P-E-Z. It's self tan, classic bronzing mousse. And I also got the applicator mitt, which is like 750. You can get this at Ulta. Um, I think get it on Sephora. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Anyways, it doesn't stink and it makes you look just golden and beautiful and it'll make you smile if, if maybe you've like put on a couple like, you know, COVID pounds and you want to like <laughs> make yourself look a little bit better. <sighs> Don't work out. Just put on some self tanner. So let me just ask you a question about this. Cause I too, I, I use myself um, like a drugstore brand self tanner just on my legs. Um, 
do you, are you applying it other places? Because that's what always makes me nervous is because sometimes self tanners, they get like on your elbows, it gets weird. Or are you applying it all over or just, just your, I mean, I, I, we could have a 10 minute conversation as to like what I, what we should, what you should do, but I won't get into it. But basically take a shower, shave, exfoliate, then Uh put on lotion, then put on your self tanner everywhere, put it on everywhere put on your pajamas, go to bed. When you wake up, you have a beautiful glow, rinse off in the shower and it's done. You wake oh. up and you're gorgeous. <clears throat> yep. Okay. All Just right. like well, that. That's a good recommendation. I'm going to check it out. Yep. Testing, testing. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And other news. I love this, you guys. <laughs> Um, it's the woman who started the gender reveal party. You guys know about those and how crazy those have gotten. Well, she's now saying she regrets it. She (laughs) is, uh, not too happy that she started this huge trend. And I didn't realize it started back in 2008. Yeah. More than 10 years ago. It's been a minute. Um, and her name's Jenna and she decided she was gonna, and she, she says in the article, which I think is kind of funny. She just loves parties. I mean, who doesn't love a good party? Right? So yeah. she was like, oh, well, when we find out our, the gender of our child, we'll do a big party. We'll cut into the cake that, you know, how you have somebody bake a cake and the inside was pink. Everybody got excited. She's having a girl. Um, anyway, so now, and I didn't realize how, like, horribly wrong some of these had gone. There was one of these gender reveal parties caused a 47,000-acre wildfire. In Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People um, have died. People have died. Yeah. Another yeah. one was uh, explosives, yeah, that killed the soon-to-be grandma. Uh, Awful. Anyway, so Jenna now, first of all, feels the guilt when any of these terrible things happen. Um, she's like, I'm so sorry. This was this was my party idea. Um, and also, uh, she, um, she just feels like this is the wrong thing because, and I thought this was interesting, she said... It overemphasizes one aspect of a person. And then she goes into talking more about gender identity and, and that sort of thing. But um, so I've, I have to be honest, I've never really gotten into the gender reveal parties. I think they're just kind of silly. Are you guys fans of those? Did you, do you think those are cool? Not, not really into them? I mean, I, so I did, I didn't read into a gender reveal. Um, and I'll be honest, sometimes I regret it a little bit, not because I, I, mm. I, I mean, I'm not into those big gender reveals, but I do think it's, I mean, I think it's one of the fun things about being pregnant, maybe especially with your first child. So I wish we would have made a little bit of a bigger deal. Not necessarily. I mean, I didn't think we needed to throw a big party, um, but I wish I would have done something special, even if it was just for Brian and I or our family. That being said, I'm definitely, one of the reasons I didn't do it, because I think I always assume like no one cares as much as you do about the gender of your kid. Does that make sense? It seems right. sometimes it seems like a little maybe self-involved. And I, of course I didn't want anyone to think that I thought of myself as being so important that they needed to attend a party to see the gender of my kid. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But don't you, I love watching those videos online. Like if one just like pops up, I'm like, Oh, but is it a boy or a girl? I just yeah. want to know for some reason it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. The suspense. Um, for my first child, we, you know, like you tell the doctor, okay, don't tell me if it's a boy or a right. girl. They like, will write it down on a piece of paper. And we took it home and we waited, um, till we had dinner and we sat down and then we like opened it together and you know, Oh, it was a boy. Um, and then on TV, we had a cake made 
And this actually was more of like the producer's idea, but still I was all, I was all for it. I was like, yeah, that's, this sounds like fun. And we like cut into the cake and it was blue and everyone had a guess on Facebook. If it was a boy or girl and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. I thought it was fun and maybe people didn't care, but I mean, also we talk about ourselves on TV all the time. Yeah. You know, people are kind of used to that. Now with my second child, I was literally in bed taking a nap and <laughs> my husband comes and wakes me up and he's like, here, we have the paper. It like, it came. And I was like, okay, just open it and tell me he's like, it's a girl. I was like, okay. Like, can I go back to sleep? <laughs> like, like, you know, it's just, it's just different. But, um, uh, one thing with this article that she, and she also calls this a monster, by the way, her gender reveal parties. One thing that I want to read, she says, you don't, you don't want what's between your legs to guide your path in life. I want my kids to grow up in a world where gender doesn't matter. And she has three daughters and one of the daughters doesn't like to wear dresses. And she, she says, you know, mom, I don't want to wear a dress here on Christmas. And she goes, okay, well, do you want to wear a suit? And she says, oh, is that okay? And she says, yeah, that is okay. And so, and that post went viral from the same woman, um, basically just showing her children that they can be who they want to be. And she thinks starting life, put it, placing, you know, identifying a gender for your child before they're even born is unfair to the child, which I can totally see her point, um, you know, but I, I also dress my little girl in girly things and you know, how to sure. gender reveal cake. So um, there's several ways to look at it. But if my daughter came to me and said, I don't want to wear dresses anymore. I want to wear a suit. I wouldn't kick her out of the house like another mom in this story. Um, I don't know. How about you guys? Well, I thought, I just thought it was ironic that the, <laughs> the gender reveal <laughs> mom, like, <laughs> you know, now. Well, I um, mean, to be, to be clear, there's a really big difference between cutting into a cake and it being like blue or pink. Um, or doing like, you know, the balloon pops and some of the like full on productions that folks have come up with over the years. Sure. I mean, I don't think anybody would be critical of some cupcakes or something, something small, but it's these productions. I think that this woman is like, what in the world? Like, this is mm -hmm. not, this is not where I, I saw this. Well, going, I think that right? some, I, I think some people are critical of, of cupcakes and really? are critical of, oh, okay. yeah. And yeah. people are critical of, um, it, you know, anything that's gender identifying for a baby, um, when it, with, whether it's the, the color of the paint on your nursery wall or what you're dressing them in um, or what you call them. Some people only want gender neutral names. Sure. I mean, you know, so I mean, it's just your family and your choices. But this woman is, has a whole new outlook on it after actually raising her daughter. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not a huge gender reveal party person, even the small cupcake thing, cake thing. I just, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of, well, you know, you guys know, I don't even throw birthday parties for my kids. So clearly I'm not going to throw like a huge gender reveal party for a child that's not here yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, you know how, um, frugal. I am. I won't say cheap, but frugal. Part of me, part of it for me is just like, why waste all that money? Like Katie said, on these huge productions, you've got a baby coming, put it in, put that money in the kid's college education fund, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. To me, it just seems like kind of a waste of money. It's kind of silly, but I also get the point of like, look, if it makes you happy, you want to throw a party with your, for your friends, do, do it. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. 
Well, now everybody listening to this podcast um, will never throw another gender reveal party because we're worried about <laughs> all the backlash. So sorry, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, you do you. You know, you do you. I want to go to one. Somebody invite me to one. This sounds okay. fun. I'm all about it. Okay. Um, okay, so our, our third article here, um, it comes from the Associated Press, and it's called Millennial Money, Put Whatever You Want on a Baby Registry. And basically, the woman writing this um, just talks about, okay, so she's pregnant, and they start to look at their baby, baby registry, and they want a $95 digital thermometer and a $160 video monitor. And her husband is like, yeah, put it on the registry. And she starts to worry about her frugal Midwestern family worried that they're going to think that she and her husband are yuppies for wanting high-end products. Um, and she asks, is it inconsiderate to ask for this stuff when many people face financial insecurity? And so basically the article comes kind of full circle and says, go ahead and put those article or go, go ahead and put those items on your registry, but know that you may not get them. And they have um, some tips for if, if you are doing the registry, just basically how to make sure that it sort of appeals to everyone that you might invite to a baby shower who's going to be buying you some stuff. So what do you all think? I remember having this feeling when I filled out my baby registry, just worried that some of the, you know, people were going to judge you. It just because it's the same as like the gender reveal thing. Like people were going to judge you for the items that you put on this registry. I remember like vividly a conversation we had in the newsroom when you were doing your baby registry. Me specifically? Yeah. And uh -huh. you wanted this specific stroller, uh -huh. uh, but mm -hmm. it was very expensive. Yep. And I don't remember what, what advice we gave you, but I remember you thinking like, Hey, like what, like, I'll just put it on here and I'll, then I'll just buy it for myself. If no one buys it, like yeah. no mm -hmm. big deal. And I think mm -hmm. that's a good philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, you know, the, I will say sometimes I do look at those registries and think. I, th I think the thing that, that this article mentions that's important is just to have a range. You know, like, right, don't have everything be something that's $50 plus. Have, have some onesies on there. Have some things for $20 price point things so that people who don't have as much money can still get you something and support you. You know, I think that's the only thing. As long as you have a, a good range, then I think you're fine. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to have gift cards. You can get allow group gifts, which I think is really great. Um, cash funds, which means you can put money in like the kids' college funds and ask for favors. You can do these printable coupons, like uh, like a meal on Wednesdays, or I'll come and mow your lawn. I'm trying to think like social distancing things because <laughs> in this article they're like babysitting and I'm thinking you're not going to have somebody come babysit your infant but hey you can come mow my lawn or you can go mm -hmm. you can get my groceries or something you know so those types of coupons and a new mom probably wouldn't think of those things that they need so if you already have kids I, I think that's a really good thing that you could offer them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, one of the things, and one of the reasons why we did end up putting the expensive stroller, which I still, I do love that stroller, by the way. <laughs> I'm just letting Worth you know. it. I, it's funny. People ask us about it all the time. Um, so yes, I do love it. Um, but one of the things um, that, one of the reasons why we did, and I've given this advice to my other friends who are pregnant, who are doing registries, is that frequently the companies will give you a discount on those items 
that are on your registry. So I remember thinking, even if Brian and I buy it for ourselves, because it's on the registry, you get a discount. So in sure. mind, oh, that means good. put whatever you want yeah. on your registry. If you think that you're really legitimately going to buy it, who cares what other people think? Because you're going to get, you'll get a discount on it when you end up buying it yourself. Um, Can I just say that like with, you know, typically you have one baby shower and then subsequent kids, you don't have additional baby yeah. showers. So you kind of have all your stuff. But I kind of feel like looking back, I feel kind of bad that I invited all these people and they spent all this money on me for my baby shower. I don't know. There's a little bit of guilt with it. Like what, what if these people want to have kids and they're not able to get pregnant and then they have to go buy me a present for my baby? I don't know. There's just a couple different feelings that I have about it. I, I don't know. It's fun to celebrate but it's almost like if you're not offering to buy me something, I'm not going to make you by having this baby shower and yeah. you have to bring a gift. I mean, I did that, but now I'm thinking, was that the right thing to do? You know what the problem is, though, is that people, frequently people will want to buy you something. And my philosophy, and again, this is advice that I've given to other people, is like you might as well as register for some things that you legitimately need. Because let's be real, having a baby can be expensive. And some of the things, you don't need an expensive stroller to have a baby, by the way. Um, or, you know, you don't need a, an expensive stroller when you have a baby. But I think sometimes then at least you end up with the things that you legitimately need. So but if you don't, you know, by not registering, you're pretty much guaranteeing that you may end up with some things that legitimately you don't need and or want. Right. And it's going to be a waste of money. And I see what you're saying. It's a waste of money anyway. You know, it's kind I, of like yeah. that old saying, like, do you guys remember that Sex in the City episode? Um, and th that's talking about wedding registries. And Carrie mm. is mad because she has purchased all these gifts for all of her friends over the years who are getting yep. married. And she signs up for like a single girl registry for like yep. shoes because she's tired of spending so much money on all of her friends who get married and have babies. So, I mean, you're not the first person who's, who's felt this way, Ingrid. Yeah. Well, I, do you guys ever wonder, not that, not that we're experts by any means, but yeah. I mean, let's be no, real. We're, we're not experts at all. <laughs> Karen's like, I mean, I'm an expert, but anyway. I mean, <laughs> once you have three kids, no, not that we're experts, but do you ever look at somebody's registry and think like, oh gosh, like you don't need that. You don't need that. This is silly. Like this is not where, you know, like sometimes it's, it's funny when you look at those registries and I'm like, and, and I often want to give them something that's not on the registry that I feel like for me, like I have a couple, like my top three, like go-tos that I think you sh just make new motherhood life so much easier yeah. that I like to give people. But if it's not on their registry, I'm like, and I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be that like, you know, pushy mom who's like, look, this worked for me. You have to have it because yeah. you know, what worked for me might not work for other people. But anyway, I always have that conundrum in my head of like, you know, do well, I ugh. get them the, get in that and then get them also something off of your what registry? Yeah. Spend a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so here's the thing is I also think that like what works for some people doesn't work for like what works True. for one kid won't work True. for another kid. And I see people buying these expensive things because somebody has told them that like, this is like life or death. Yeah. I try yeah. to remind people that now it's 2020 and you can buy anything on Amazon and pretty much have it here the next day. So if you decide yeah, that you like, Oh my God, my kid's not sleeping and I need this like special swing. You can, I mean, you don't need to in two days, I mean, you, you know can what I mean? Get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that's relax. True. It's not like it's impossible to get it. Right. I mean, that's the joy of growing up in 
you know, modern society or having a kid in modern, right, modern right, society. Right. Um, so listen, I want to tell you guys um, why I picked some of these articles, um, the agenda reveal, as well as the baby registry, <gasps> because... Relax, I'm not pregnant. Who's pregnant? Um, but... <laughs> That's Maybe that was so deceiving. I know, I know. Um, but my sister is pregnant. And my sister Yay! is pregnant. And I am so freaking excited, you guys. I already Aww. feel myself like tearing up just talking about it. Um, I am thrilled for her. You know, they got just got married uh, in September. And this is her first baby. And I am just over the moon. She's due in December. And of course, we've already had some of these conversations about gender reveal parties and um, registries and that sort of thing. So all of that stuff is on my brain. Um, but she's having a little boy, which is kind of like the first boy in our family. Oh. Did I tell you guys this already? I can't remember if I told you that she's having a boy. But so she's having a little boy. And um, I'm just thrilled for them. And I'm so excited. And even more importantly, and selfishly, I'm excited to impart all of the baby advice that I have to be like a, yes. that, that like big sister who's going to tell her everything that she needs to do whether she, not <laughs> see, she wants to hear you, it or not you are an expert see well I'm surely going to act like one because it might be the only thing that I you know can claim so yeah <laughs> and you have a girl and she'll so have a boy exciting. that's awesome I know I'm really, how far I'm... how far apart will they be so this baby will be I mean I think two and a half two and a half years that's so, nice. I, I, you good. know, I think in the beginning, be I'm not like a big age yeah. gap, but I think no, down the road, it friends. will not be. So I'm already, I mean, I'm already like buying things for this kid. I'm excited. Aww. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's so exciting. And, and Katie. I, I know. And I feel bad for her because I feel like this like opens up a whole new avenue for anchor moms because I feel like all of the things that she's <laughs> going to talk about, like these, this is going to be like great for our stories. So right, right. Sorry, Jen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but congrats. We're excited. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Okay. I think that does it for us. That's it. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> so all she wrote. That's a wrap. That's it. That's it. Hey, don't and forget goodbye. you can find us on Facebook. We actually have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram account. Um, and please leave us a review if um, you like what you hear on Apple Podcasts. That would be wonderful. Tell your friends about us too. Your your fellow mom friends. That'd be that'd be great. And you like even your us. friends who aren't moms, just tell them as well. Basically, tell yeah. everybody you know. Everyone. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Bye. Guys. Great week. Okay. Bye. Bye. It's funny because okay. I always feel like it's like it's like a phone call, even though it's a podcast. But I feel like I'm always like, okay, bye. Have a good I know. Week. And then I'm like, wait, this I is know. a podcast. Thanks for listening.